Amen. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? Praise God. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the men. Uh, I'm so grateful that you're here this morning. Uh, I just got home from camp also, and I just got through spending a week with 1,000 teenagers, uh, and it was absolutely amazing. We had an incredible time. Uh, it's our 19th year to go to camp, and uh, you... It's just, I, I want to talk about it, but I can't because we have to wait till next week. I was instructed, do not talk about camp. So I'm sorry. All right. But we had an incredible time uh, and we're going to be sharing next week, uh, just like Kurt said. All right. Here's what we're going to do this morning. First thing I want to do is I want us to pray as a church and uh, I want us to lift up the church in Charleston, South Carolina, where the shooting was. And I want to pray for that church and for that church family and that community. And uh, us as a family, send our prayers to them. So would you join me, please, and we'll do that first. Father God, I want to thank you this morning, Lord. We lift up the church in South Carolina where this shooting, this tragedy was. Father, I lift them up to you. Father, they're having church this morning. They decided to not close their doors, but to have church. And Father, I pray they're strengthened today. We as a body of believers pray your grace, your love, your life over them, that they're a packed house this morning, that they have amazing services today, and that your grace is on them. Father, we know that hate and darkness can never overcome the love of Jesus Christ, that there's that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And Father, we're thankful for that. Father, we pray for Charleston, the city. Lord, we know they're brokenhearted. And God, I pray that they're comforted and they're encouraged as they walk on from this event and that the church is there strengthened and encouraged and that your hand is on them. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Uh, I love Father's Day, of course, because I'm a father about to be a grandfather. <laughs> Ashley, you didn't clap very good. You can clap. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Uh, I'm grateful. Here, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to start out with three things. Uh, men. All right, I'm, I'm primarily speaking to the men this morning, but then what I have also is for the ladies also. And as I get into it, uh, I'm going to have things that are for both of you. So don't think, ladies, well, I could have stayed home today and had breakfast in bed uh, because pastor's only going to talk to the men because it's not true. Here's the first thing that I would like to say to every male in the room, young men, uh, older men, wherever you are, whether you're a father or grandfather or whether you're not a father. Listen, men, I, I love you. And I want you to know as pastor of Tulia Christian Fellowship that I'm grateful for you, men. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you're in church this morning. Even if you're here visiting this morning and you don't attend church here, I'm grateful that you took time to be in church this morning. The second thing is this, I'm proud of you. Okay, gentlemen, I'm proud of you. Rusty Gray, if I'm your pastor and if I'm not your pastor, I'm proud of you. And I'm grateful that you're in church. I'm grateful that you have your family here this morning and you guys make a tremendous difference. And I want you to know that. The third thing I want to do this morning is I'm going to challenge you. Okay, here's what I'm going to do this morning. I, I'm not here to condemn you because that's not my heart. I'm not here to criticize you. That's not my heart. And I don't want to create a standard that's unachievable. And you feel like, well, you know, you set this bar so high that it doesn't matter what I do. I can't do it. That's not my heart either. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I'm proud of you. And then I want to take some time this morning and I want to challenge you as men and challenge you in your life. So I want to read a scripture to you this morning. I'm going to read out of the Old Testament, the last book in the Old Testament, which is the book of Malachi, and I'm literally going to read the last few verses in the last book of the Old Testament. Now, let me set this up for you. 
imagine that if I was going to write you a letter and then I wasn't going to talk to you for several years. And I was sending you a letter. See, the, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was a lot of time. So as God is concluding the Old Testament and he's putting that together in the last book, my heart is, is that he's saying something important that he wants you to hear. So God says in the last chapter, the last few verses of the last book of the Old Testament would be worth us listening to. Okay, let me read it to you. Listen to what he says. He says, look. I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. Now, this is a reference to end times. Then he says, his preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Let me read it to you again. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and I will strike the land with a curse. I think it's interesting that the last thing God says in the Old Testament is this. Hey, dads. Hey, grandfathers. Hey, men. I want to turn your hearts to the children. Hey, children. I want to turn your hearts to the fathers. And if it doesn't happen, there's going to be a curse on the land. All right. God wants to stir you up as fathers. Now, listen to me. Whether you're a father, whether you're a grandfather, or whether you're a man and you don't have children yet... God wants to turn your heart toward the children. Now, let me show you four things this morning just as we get started. Here's the first thing I want you to know, gentlemen. You make a difference. Every one of you make a difference. See, here's the lie of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is, is that you don't matter. All right, I, I, Vicky and I do a divorce class every month called For Kids' Sake, and I run into countless fathers when they go through divorce. A lot of times the dads will tend to go away, and they're not involved. And here's what I hear a lot of them say. Well, the kids have their mom, and so they don't need me. And it's not that dad is a bad guy. It's not that at all. It's that he feels like he doesn't matter and that he's not needed. Listen to me, men. You matter. Every single one of you across this room, no matter your age, no matter your job, no matter your background, if you're a man, you matter. Here's the next thing. You make a difference. Okay, you make a difference. Let me show you four simple ways you make a difference. The first one's in your family. That's pretty obvious. Okay, gentlemen, you make a difference in your family. All right, if you're a young man and you don't have children, you Make a difference in your family. If you have brothers, if you have sisters, if you have cousins, you make a difference. Here's the next thing. It matters in church. I'm so grateful that you're at Tulia Christian Fellowship, you men who go to church here. I want you to understand something. You make a difference here. Can I tell you something? The young men in this church need a smile from you, they need a hug from you, and they need a word of encouragement from you. If you're an older guy, the younger guys need to hear from you. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Hey, thanks for getting up. Hey, thanks for coming to church this morning. They need a smile and they need a hug. The kids in this church need a smile and they need a hug. You guys matter. You guys make a huge difference here. And don't let the devil tell you that you don't. The next place you make a difference is in the workplace. Listen, the world is starving for men who will stand up and say, I love Jesus and he's my savior and I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm working toward having integrity and toward doing the right thing. Can I tell you something, you young guys? This city, if you live in this community, can I tell you, Tulia is 
starving for righteous leadership in this city. This city is starving for young men who will step up. Listen, I'm on boards in this town, and some of the men on those boards, you know what they talk about? They talk about when the train used to come to town, and they would run to the train to see who was on the train. Sweet Jesus! Y'all could laugh or cry right here. It's okay. I mean, we need to have some funerals. I'm sorry, right? God has moved on, if you, if, right? I mean, are y'all okay this morning? Are y'all, y'all, are y'all looking at me like, what are you talking about, Pastor? All right, your job needs you to be a voice, your job. Here's the last place, and that's in the community, in the community. This community needs you. Gentlemen, you matter. You matter in your family. You matter in your church. You matter at your workplace. And you matter in the community. Now, I want to read another verse to you. I'm going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'm going to read a powerful verse. And then I'm going to show you some amazing things. And ladies, this is also for your heart also. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the New Living Translation says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. We've talked about holiness. You don't make yourself holy. Jesus makes you holy. And he made you holy by his blood. And the word holy means to be set apart. You can't do anything to be holy. Jesus makes you holy. Amen? All right, what does it say? It says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And here's where I want your attention to go. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Okay, you're a three-part being. You are a spirit. See, on the inside of you is an eternal spirit. You're, you're eternal. You're, you're going to live forever. You're immortal. All right? Then within your spirit is your soul, which is your mind and your will and your emotions. What you think and, and the way you deal with life is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Then the third part of you is your body. So you are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. This is my earth suit, and you have to have one to be on this planet. Amen? You know, I was at SeaWorld this last week, and I hung out in the, at the water slide park, and some of those folks' earth suits did not need to be in swimsuits. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, 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 not, I'm not picking on anybody. Okay, all right. I'll leave that alone. Amen? Amen? At least you laughed. I mean, praise God, right? Now, here's what I want you to understand, and this is just a side note as your pastor that I want to throw out to you. There are no disembodied human spirits on the earth, okay? You have to have a body to be on this planet. There are no people. You, know, you see on TV and they do shows or, you know, you go to a hotel and they say, you know, an old person, you know, a soldier who died here and they haunt this hotel. That is not true. Okay, listen, if you're a human being and you're not in a body, you're either in heaven with Jesus or you're in hell. You are not on the earth. Listen, anytime anybody says they've seen somebody or they know somebody, listen, all it is is a demon spirit. Okay, you, you have to have a body to be on this planet. Now, you have a God that you, you love and serve, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, you're a three-part being, and you have a God Father who is a three-part being. Now, why am I talking about this? Here's where I want to go with this. Men, I want to challenge you this morning that you're doing something spiritually, you're doing something with your soul, and you're doing something with your body, that you're doing something with all three parts of those. Now, here's what I want to challenge you with first thing. I want you to stop making excuses for the way you live your life. I want you to stop making excuses for your life. 
I want to challenge you to get on the road to becoming the man that you want to be. That when you look in the mirror, the man who looks back at you, you're happy with. Now, there's no such thing as a perfect family. They don't exist. Every family has strengths and every family has weaknesses. There's no perfect family. Okay, there's no perfect man except Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm not asking for perfection this morning. What I'm asking you to do is begin to stop making excuses for yourself and get on the road to making some changes and becoming the man that you want to be. Now, in AA, the tradition in Alcoholics Anonymous is not spiritual perfection, but spiritual progress. So what I want to challenge you with the rest of the service this morning is are you making progress? What direction are you headed in your life? The next thing I want to ask you to do after you stop making excuses and you take an honest look at yourself, and this is ladies too, is after you do that, I want to encourage you to push yourself. Stop taking the path of least resistance. Stop taking the easy way out. Stop procrastinating. Stop waiting to change and decide, today I'm going to get on the road to progress and I'm going to make some genuine changes in my life and I'm going to get on the road to being the man that I want to be, the man that God wants me to be. Now listen very carefully. I'm not saying that you have to do this to get God to love you because God already loves you. We have found that out through teaching on righteousness. Listen, I'm a son, and I belong to God. Listen, it's not God that I'm trying to please. It's me. You see, I want to be able to look in the mirror and be happy with who I am. Amen? And I want to challenge myself spiritually. I want to challenge myself in my soul, and I want to challenge myself in my body. Now, I've got a little object lesson that I want to show you this morning. It's called a wheel of life. Some of you may have seen this before. Some of you may have not. And here's all I want to do this morning. Okay, we're going to divide your life up into some simple areas. And here's what I want you to do with me. As we go through this this morning, I want you to do a checkup of yourself. Then I want you to ask yourself, am I doing good in this area? Am I strong in this area? Or do I need to improve and grow in this area? That's all I want you to do this morning. Now remember, it's not perfection, it's progress. And that you're growing and you're changing. Now imagine this is a wheel. This isn't anybody's life. This is just an example. Imagine you're in your car and you got your kids and your grandkids and the neighbor lady and the post lady and the person that, you know, and you're going down the road of life. And then imagine that this is the wheels on your car. And what happens is, is you're real strong in one area, but you're weak everywhere else. And and it's, it's kind of bumpy. Amen. So I want to challenge you this morning. Gentlemen, the first place I want you to look at is spiritual. What's your spiritual life look like this morning? Now, number one, thank God you're in church. Amen? I love you and I'm proud of you. But here's what I'd like to ask you. I want you to begin to lead your family spiritually. Can I say something, ladies? Let him. Ladies, let him. Come Right? I know it's kind of hard on you, Mom. Let your husband lead spiritually. Guys, you need to get a devotional life. We learned something at camp called BBB, Bibles Before Breakfast. Listen, men, you don't have to spend two hours talking to Jesus in the morning, but you do need to spend more than five minutes. Listen, driving to work with your cell phone in your ear, and you're trying to dial the radio and trying to eat a burrito, and on the way to work, you say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for this day. Amen. That is not a devotional life. 
You need to take some time in the morning, and maybe the evening's better for you. Listen, men, you need to be praying for your wives. If you have a mother, pray for her. If you have a grandmother, pray for her. If you have children, you pray for them. Men, you need to be doing spiritual battle for your home and your family. It's your responsibility. Amen? So you need a devotional life. Guys, read your Bible. Well, I don't like to read my Bible. I don't care. I don't understand it. I don't care. I'm asking you to challenge yourself and encourage yourself to do this. Amen? All right, so how are you doing spiritually? Let me give you a quote, and then we're going to move to the next thing. If you teach your child to keep their eye on the ball but not on Jesus, you're blowing it. Now, I'm not against athletics. Don't get me wrong. I love athletics. But you know how we can get out of focus, and we put all of our attention and time into the wrong thing. So how are you doing spiritually? Here's the next thing is your career. Now, listen, there are men who won't work at all. And then there are men who all they do is work. The Bible honors work. The Bible says that if you don't work, you're not going to eat. You shouldn't eat. Listen, God's hand and grace is on work. And I'm not saying for one minute you shouldn't work. But what I'm asking you to do this morning is how does that look in your life? Is it taking up all your time? Is your life out of balance in that area? Is it something you need to work on? Okay, again, you need to work. God's hand is on work, and you should work. But where does it fit in in your life? Now, in this example, it's all the way out to the edge because that's where a lot of us are. Take a look at your career. Here's the next thing is social. And I want to say social and I'd like to say recreational. So social and recreation, let me add those both in. Now, let me say something about recreation. I love recreation. I'm not against recreation. Okay, but your life is too big for recreation. If all your life is about is recreation, you're not going to find the peace you're looking for there. I'm just telling you, you're not. Now, I love recreation. Can I tell you something about church? Be in church more than you're not in church. Doesn't mean you can't miss church. Everybody misses church. I'm not legalistic on that. But that you're in church more than you're not in church. Does that make sense? All right, so don't spend all your time in recreation because it's just not going to give you what you're looking for. The next one is social. What does that mean? That means you spend time with your wife and you do things with her. Uh, listen, I do weddings all the time. And there's all these ladies at weddings and they're by themselves and their husbands are at home. Hey, where's your husband? Oh, he didn't want to come. He's home in the recliner. He doesn't like weddings. Come on, guys. Man up. Right? Newsflash, your wife wants you to go with her. And if they're having a dance, she wants to dance. So you might go take some dance lessons. Amen? I love going to weddings. And when the band starts up, the men scatter like rats. Man, they, they get as far out of there as they can. Oh, my gosh. Mama might want to dance. Now, again, I'm, I, listen, what I say when I started this, I'm not mad at you. I'm not picking on you. I'm just challenging you. So, so how are you doing socially? Okay, the next one's financial, and I know this is a big one. I counseled a married couple one time, and the lady told me this. She said, my husband wants to buy whatever he wants to buy whenever he wants to buy it, and then I'm supposed to make it work. And then she hung her head, and she began to cry. Gentlemen, how are you handling your finances? How, how are you handling them? And I'm just asking you, are you selfish? Are you self-centered with your money? Are you taking care of your money? Are you, are you, maybe you do it as a couple. Uh, are you a giver? 
Are you supporting the house of God? Are you supporting what God's doing? Listen, if you want God to be a partner in your finances, what you have to do to make that happen is be a giver, amen? And and I know finances can be a big issue, and you can fight as a couple over finances, but how are you doing with your money? Is it your money or is it our money? There's a huge difference, amen? Okay, then the next one is uh, in your family, right? Family. Now, that's children, that's grandchildren. Listen to me, your kids need you. Your grandkids need you. The kids in this church need you, amen? They need you. They need your time, they need your love, and they need your attention. Listen, can I tell you something? Your kids don't care what you do for a living. They don't care. All they want is your time and your love. And I'm not saying you have to, I'm not saying that that's all you do because I'm saying you've got other things you have to do and I understand that and I want you to know I understand that. But are, are you there for your kids? Are you loving them? Are you being an influence? Listen, gentlemen, it's never too late to be a dad. It's never too late to be a granddad. It's not, it's never too late. You know, I've heard that saying before that there's two good times to plant a tree. The best time was 20 years ago, right? The second best time is today. Okay, can I just encourage you? Let me encourage you in something. If you feel remorse today or you feel guilty or you feel like, you know, maybe I wasn't the dad I should have been or I could have been, let me tell you something. I pray God's grace over you and that you make peace with that and then you do whatever you have to do to be a dad from this point forward. Listen, I know all of you in different situations and if, and if it starts out with nothing but just praying for your kids, if you don't have a relationship with your kids, I believe God can restore that but that you do what you can to be involved with your family and to be a dad. All right, here's the next one is physical. Physical, your body. How are you doing physically? Can I tell you that the number two killers of men is heart attack and that's related to high blood pressure. Can can I just be open, guys? When was the last time you had a physical? Seriously, when was the last time you went to the doctor? You gotta do it. Right? You're, listen, your kids and family need you. Amen? Are you clean and sober? Can I just be honest? Is it okay to say that? Are you clean and sober? Which direction are you going in your life? What are you doing with your life? You got to take care of yourself physically. You need to eat right. It wouldn't hurt to eat something green every once in a while. Right? Like broccoli, right? Yeah. Yeah, now when I was a kid growing up, my parents didn't eat very many green things. And when they did, they made, they made something green. They put melted uh, bacon grease on it. <laughs> my mom had a big coffee can of bacon. Yeah, they're happy. They're happy, yeah. yeah. My mom had that big can of bacon grease over the kitchen sink with that spoon. And if she happened to make something green, it got a bath in bacon grease. Amen? I mean, if they had to eat lettuce, it better have bacon grease on it. Okay, how about eating something green without putting grease on it, amen? Eat some broccoli. It won't kill you. Right, Pastor, I don't like broccoli. Well, I don't care. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Eat it. It'll help you. You need to go to the doctor. Take care of yourself. All right, then the last one is mental. And mental has to do with your mind. All right, I, I know you guys know this. Most men haven't read a book since they graduated high school, and they didn't read one when they were in high school. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, now listen, I want to give you a challenge. Guys, you need to be growing mentally. You need to be challenging yourself mentally. Now, I'm going to put myself out here, and I'm going to throw something out at you, and I'm, and I'm serious. I want to challenge you. It's summer. Today's the first day of summer, June 21st. 
I want to challenge you to read a book from start to finish this summer. So I don't know when summer ends officially, but August 31st, I'll give you to August 31st. Listen, find a book that, and, and, and I don't mean a little book of eight pages, okay? I don't mean a comic book. Okay, I don't mean a comic book. I mean a real book. Now, it doesn't have to be 500 pages. You don't have to read War and Peace, okay? But find a book. I, I've got one even for you that'll scare you even more. What if you went to the bookstore and you bought a book on marriage? Or you bought a book on parenting? Or you bought a book on fatherhood? Listen, I just want to challenge you. Read a book this summer. I don't have time. Well, then you're, something's wrong with your wheel. Oh, I don't like to read. I don't care. I don't care. Amen? Push yourself. Challenge yourself. I got one that'll even scare you more. Tell your wife, honey, go find me a book to read. <laughs> that'll rock your world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, now maybe you shouldn't do that, okay. Maybe you should find one on your own. But I want to challenge you. All right, now, all I want you to do, ladies and gentlemen, is take a look at that wheel. And all I want you to do is just examine your own life. That's all. Now, here's my heart this morning. Nobody's perfect, and I'm not trying to put anything on you. I just want you to look around that wheel this morning. And as you look around that wheel, ask yourself, hey, I'm strong here, but I'm weak here. Hey, I could do better here. I could improve here. That's all I'm asking you to do this morning. Find some place on that wheel that you can do some work this summer. Hey, maybe you're doing great spiritually, but maybe you're weak physically. Or maybe you're doing great with the family, but you're not doing very good at your job. Some place where you can improve and you can grow as a man, you can grow as a husband, you can grow as a father. That's all I want you to do. And ladies, you can do the very same thing. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. Would you close your eyes with me and let me pray over you this morning? Father God, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you for every male in this room. Every young man, all the way to the older men. Father, I want to lift them up to you, and I'm so thankful that they're here today. And Lord, I pray that they are strengthened, and they are encouraged, and they're refreshed today. And that when they leave this service, they're not afraid to take an honest look at their life. They're not afraid to assess their strengths, assess their weaknesses, and look and see where they can improve and change. Father, would you help us as men to have the strength to not make excuses anymore, that we'd have the strength to not be easy on ourselves anymore, that we'd have the strength from you, Lord, not to take the path of least resistance anymore. Father, I'm thankful for what you're doing in our lives Father, bless our fathers, bless our grandfathers, bless the husbands, bless the young men, bless the single men. Father, that your grace and your strength is on our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen.